0: Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Uh, really happy to meet you all uh, once again through Monday, Mana. So, uh, as usual, one of the most difficult things is to give a topic to Samson because he diligently keeps following up uh, week after week. And uh, uh, given the way, at least I work, uh, it becomes a lot more uh, uh, effective and tensed only two or three days before the actual event. So. Uh, Although I knew what the topic is going to be, something which I was meditating for some time, uh, I wasn't able to give give him a clear topic. So I told him be courageous. But as I went through the night uh, meditating a few other verses, uh, one of the things uh, God put in my heart uh, where I personally had to learn quite a few things was uh, uh, about staying courageous. So I think the word courageous sort of... uh, uh, used very frequently in our uh, day-to-day lives, uh, be it in the family, be it in the uh, corporate or be it in the businesses that we run um, or even amidst the professional or the friend circle that we have in the social life. So whenever we go through a problem, people say, hey, stay strong, uh, be courageous, you know, uh, uh, you've got to be bold, uh, don't worry, things will be all right. Um, and we all know that uh, our Father God as consistently been uh, nurturing and uh, taking care of people. And one of the things he repeatedly says uh, was about being courageous. So we repeatedly see that uh, about how God spoke to uh, Moses, uh, how God spoke to Joshua, uh, how God uh, speaks to Gideon. And we look at every other leader in the Bible. God repeatedly tells them, to stay courageous. One of the things that uh, hit me hard was the when we meditate Psalms, we, we repeatedly see how David goes back to God uh, every now and then and uh, he's broken most of the times and he's in a problem either in the crisis or he's sort of anticipating a crisis and he goes down to God, breaking down. Asking God, telling Him that Lord, You are my strength, and don't leave me. Uh, sometimes it's very astonishing to see how David speaks about Holy Spirit uh, even before the whole world um, uh, did not know, or the world was yet to receive the Spirit of God. He says, Lord, don't don't take the Spirit away from me, and you know, be with me when when He comes adultery and when he wants to go to God and when he wants to reconcile because he's afraid that his enemies would trample him, he says, Lord, Lord, don't take the spirit away from me. In Psalms 27, uh, the chapter that we will sort of quickly uh, look at today, the chapter ends like this. David says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. So I I was really really confused when I sort of read this because being strong or being courageous uh, seems to be a very transitory period um, because it says you've got to wait uh, and the, the event is yet to happen or the strength is yet to come to you. And there is this gray area where You don't know if God is with you. You're so afraid of things that are happening around you. But God repeatedly says, you got to stay strong. But you don't see any signs of anything moving around you. It's very easy when we see a miracle. It's very easy when things are very positive. It's very easy when everything is prosperous. It's very easy when things are convincing. But everything around us is going haywire. And you don't see God. You don't hear him. And all that you can do is to be courageous. I think this is one of the important things that God is teaching us, uh, especially in the end of the end times where we are, is to be courageous irrespective of what the situation is. We'll read through a few more verses and then start comparing that with our lives today before we close. I just want to understand what is this courage? Is this, is this a feeling? Uh, Is this an experience that we can all go through? Is it like really tangible that you can touch and feel because many, many times when we do something, something is created or something is destroyed. Something is very, very visible to see. We can touch and feel something, but especially with men, especially with leaders, let me not generalize that as men, it's very hard to express our feelings. It's very hard to tell the world how we feel. It's very hard to be vulnerable. So most of the times, one of the feelings that we often fake it or pretend to be is about staying courageous. The the, the Merriam-Webster dictionary sort of calls it like this. What is the real meaning of courage? It's a mental or moral strength To venture, to persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. It's a mental or moral strength to venture, persevere, and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. I think most of you will be able to relate to what I'm talking about. You would have gone through that multiple times in your own lives. And sometimes we know we are actually not courageous, but we put up a bold face. And we think that we are courageous. Sometimes we pretend too long and we sort of burn out and we give up at some point in time saying, oh, probably this is not what God wants me to do. Or probably I'm not in the right place. I should probably give up. It is a mixture of feeling. It's a mixture of experience. It's a very, very difficult position to be in when we ourselves really don't understand whether we are courageous or not. As we read through Psalms 27, um, probably David was also in a very similar uh, situation. I'll just read through a few verses and then we'll uh, start uh, discussing some of them. Verse 2, he says, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled. In. But So here, here David is actually thinking about his enemies, his force, coming up and eating up my flesh, eating up his flesh or coming and trying to kill him. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. So what he's anticipating here is a host would come and encamp against him. A war would rise. And even through that, I'll stay confident. Then he says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So now he's talking about his own family. He says, even my father and my mother could give me up, but still I won't give up. I know the Lord will take care. Then he says, deliver me not over unto the will of my enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breath out cruelty. One thing we can understand is David's situation is not so good. He's surrounded by enemies. There are problems after problem. There are people looking out for him. His family is against him. There are his own people uh, who are willing to give false witness against him. So there is a lot of wickedness around him. We don't know how much of it is actually happening when David writes this, or he's anticipating it. But we could see how David is sort of putting his confidence in God, yet he keeps on thinking about all the things that could actually go wrong. Many times we feel, it, right, you know, the moment we, we, we try to pray, we try to stay positive, you know, we don't want any of these bad thoughts to come into our heart. We say, no, 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 don't, don't uh, confess uh, bad things. Don't confess negative things. It's all going to be fine. But here we see David, uh, a very seasoned man who really understand, understood God's heart. And uh, here he is who anticipates or who is amidst a lot of wickedness, who knows people are against him and he himself knows that he can't do much. He is looking up to God for help. At the same time, he cannot stop thinking about all the other things that could go wrong. Let's read a few other verses. Verse one, he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse four, he says, one thing have I desired of the Lord that I'll seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. When thou said, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. So we see two different paradigms here. There is one paradigm where David is fully trusting on God. He says, Lord is my light and salvation. He is my strength. I'm not going to fear anybody. He says, whatever may happen, there's only one thing that I want to do, and I want to stay in the Lord's house forever. He says, Lord, you told me to seek your face, and I'm just going to seek your face brothers and sisters i don't know how many of us are in this situation today uh, there is a lot of pressure there is a lot of stress there is a lot of uncertainty around us today and uh, we all know what the lord tells us we all know that god lord is he is our light and he is our salvation he is our strength and all that we have to focus is on eternity but it is way too hard for us to focus on that our mind keeps racing and many of us are thinking what's going to happen this week what's going to happen next week Uh, How am I going to sustain my business? How am I going to pay my employees? How am I going to sort of complete the projects that are assigned to me in my job? How am I going to run my family? How am I going to pay the expenses? How am I going to do all these things? Let's just put ourselves uh, in David's shoes and start thinking about what are all these situations that we may have to commit to Lord our Father this week. When I thought about it, Here are some situations where I would genuinely lose my courage, or I have lost my courage in these situations. When power or authority is lost, when we lose our identity, God taught me a beautiful lesson last year when I had to sort of give up my uh, long term, well paying job and to jump into a startup. So the moment uh, my designation was taken down, the moment all the hundreds of people who were reporting under me vanished then there was a sudden identity crisis of who am i uh, you're not you're not going to lead hundreds of people anymore you're not going to make uh, those uh, buckets of money anymore i had a very very tough time last year to come to uh, reality or to to understand rea- reality when it happened to me but i believe there was one of the wonderful lessons that god taught me Sometimes we lose courage when, when our designations are taken, um, when our identity is taken, when the authority, when the power of chair is taken from us. When our health deteriorates, I don't know how many of us suffered during the COVID times, how many of us lost our near and dear during this time or personally went through tough times. The, the thought that we may lose our life, the thought that something bad could happen shatters us, uh, even when, when we are not personally affected, when we see our close ones, our, our friends getting affected. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation. When we lose our health, we lose our courage. When our finances fail, when our investments fail, when all the money we stored up somewhere is stolen and all the money we put up somewhere, hoping they will give huge returns, doesn't give those returns when the markets crash, when the businesses don't run, when all our savings the bank, all the li- liquid cash that we had is spent, and when we don't have anything, we lose our courage. when people come against us the world is almost always unfair and 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 people who are friends with us come against us overnight. We don't know when someone is going to come against us. Just like, as David said, uh, there there are people ready with false witnesses, my mother and father, you know, they would leave me. And we are probably in some of those times, people who were with us uh, as partners turn against us. People who were with us go join our competitors. And it's something which we cannot understand or fathom uh, immediately. And those are the situations where we lose our courage. And to sum it up, when there is no plan B, and assuming all of us are used to planning, we don't stop with plan A. We always have a plan B. We always have a plan C. We always have a plan D. So when something fails, we know there is a backup. We know you can or we can go to someone and ask for help. We know someone would come for a rescue uh, in our friend circle or in the professional network or in the family. When when all these things fail, when when there is no backup, when there is no plan B, when you know that you're being cornered and when you know that you have to face the consequence, that is one of the times we probably lose our courage. I think I've covered most of it and probably each one of us are able to relate to these situations uh, where we probably lost courage, where we sort of questioned our abilities, where we sort of questioned our existence, where we sort of worried about how we are going to face tomorrow. I'll probably bucket it into two easy categories. When we know there is going to be a crisis or when we are in a crisis and that's exactly where David was so one of the recent things i was tracking was about all the layoff news that's been happening uh, across the world and uh, january 2023 has been one of the worst months in the history uh, with almost 60,000 people being laid off globally and um, and most of those layoffs come from some of the uh, very very well established um, uh, the top 5 companies like amazon google uh, microsoft and and the likes uh, so when, when a lot of people thought about job security, they thought going to one of these companies would probably give them uh, that security, uh, that would probably give them the branding. Um, and it's not just the jobs that are lost, it's, it's also about the whole ecosystem of how things are probably um, crumbling and probably it'll normalize in some time. But, but looking at all the ancillary businesses that support these large companies, uh, looking at the partner ecosystem, looking at the vendors, uh, who basically work with these companies, this is a huge, uh, huge setback. This this is probably sort of putting up a great dominoes effect that we can probably read through in the history. Uh, uh, I, I sort of understood this when the first recession, at least in my career, hit back in 2008, 2009 and how uh, literally the markets crashed. And, and 15 years later, we are probably uh, looking at another downturn, uh, maybe worse than that or uh, probably not as bad as it was, but, but the reality is there is nothing that's permanent. There is always going to be a crisis. Uh, there was a crisis. We are probably in a crisis. There is going to be a crisis. And today I want to encourage you with the same verses that David sort of brought it up. We have no other source. It is very, very important for us to understand that we cannot draw courage from our identity, from our physical strength, from our wealth, from the people around us, or with all the great planning that we could do. The only source of our strength is Lord God our Father. And He is the light, He is the salvation, He is the strength, and He is the way. It's extremely important for us to understand the big picture as we move along. You and I are going to face a crisis or some of us are already facing a crisis. Let us be prepared to face a crisis. Being prepared is not just about saving up enough money. It is not about having plan B. It is about having that unwavering faith in God the Father that irrespective of the outcome He is with us. The world teaches us that everything should be positive, possible and prosperous, meaning everything should end with a positive result. Everything should result in an increase in the top line and everything is possible when we pump in capital. Unfortunately, the the way God's kingdom works is we don't know the results for most of the things we are doing. We are part of this grand plan. And we are probably a fraction in God's magnificent plan. We really don't know what the end is. God the Father is the author and the finisher. He knows the end from the beginning. And we just play a very, very small part of it. It is very important for us to understand and then be prepared to walk where the Lord is asking us to walk. It could be a very, very difficult situation to do business it may be a very difficult situation to work in some place but it is important to understand the heart of god it is understand it is important to understand his will and then push ourselves to do that number two i want to say execute through uncertainty today with all the data driven decision making with the whole concept of predicting the future with the whole concept of bringing stability with the whole concept of bringing the variance to as minimum as possible, the whole world is running towards making absolutely right decisions. And here we are as part of God's army, where we are called to execute through uncertainty. When I look at David, he was anticipating crisis. He was in the crisis, but nothing stopped him. Whenever he heard, whenever he knew that God wanted him to do something, he went ahead and did it. When we look at the prophets of the Old Testament, when we look at Moses, whenever there was uncertain times, whenever there was a threat for their lives, whenever they wanted to run away and hide, and when God pushed them to do something, they went and stood before the kings. They went and stood before the armies. And here we are during the uncertain times, ready to execute. And we are not here to slack No matter what happens, we are not called to take rest. We are not called to take shelter. We are not called to hide. But we are called to execute through the uncertain times. It is very important for us to see beyond the present situation. Seeing beyond the situation is something which is impossible without the eyes of faith that God has given us. And today we are called to see beyond the current situations and execute, though it is painful. The last thing I would probably always focus on is eternity and not on the results. And many a times in our businesses, in our work, we are told that it's not the efforts, it's the results. You could have spoken to 200 prospects, but how many deals did you close? You could have signed hundred contracts, but how many people paid you? When did the dollar hit the bank account? The world is measuring success in a very, very different way it is important for us to focus on eternity because that is the only goal that God has given us. And how many people can we take along with this or or how can we propagate this news of eternity to as many people as possible? So as we focus on eternity, the worldly results don't matter because God is in control always, whether we understand it or not, whether we can see it or not. So today I want to leave you with these thoughts. that Be prepared. For the crisis. We are called to be courageous. It is an action that we have to take. We have to take with faith, with belief that we have to press on and move on towards the goal that God has set for us. The times are uncertain. There is going to be a crisis, but here we are as God's children called to ride through this crisis, called to execute whatever plan God has given us through this crisis. And the biggest benefit, the biggest gift that God has given us, we don't have to worry about the outcome. All that we have to focus is on eternity. All that we have to focus on is to understand he is our light and salvation. How can we hold on to our salvation as we run this race? And how can we complete the task that God has given us? And he takes care of all the results that are going to come forth. My dear brother and sister, it is going to be Lot of work from our end. Uh, It is not going to be a magic, it is not going to be a miracle, it is going to be hard work. It is us who are going to meditate the word of God, it is us who are going to spend time in prayer, in worship, to understand God's heart, to pick ourselves up with all the words that God strengthens us and move forward. The responsibility is with us. It is very important to acknowledge that. Nobody else is going to fight for us. It's not our family. It's not our friends. God is on our side. That is a promise. And it is never, ever going to change. He's never going to forsake us. He's never going to slumber. He's never going to leave us. This is a promise. And this is not going to change. And all that we have to understand is, can we hold on to God? Can we understand the situation? Can we be the differentiators in the world? where we pick up ourselves, we march ahead, and we conquer everything for God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, wonderful new week. Lord, you helped us see this new year. And we don't know what's in store for us this week, or in this month, or in this year, O Master. But Lord, all that we know is you are in control. Lord, we pray that we'll be able to spend more time reading your word, meditating, praying, understanding your heart, understanding your will, so that we can continue to stay courageous in all that we do, Lord. Here we are a handful of people from different walks of life. We have different problems in our professional lives, in our personal lives, in our family lives, in our social lives. Lord, we pray that Although there are many different problems, the solution is just one, and that is you, O Master. Lord, we recommit our lives this morning. We seek your face. We ask for your strength, O Master. Lord, we pray that you will give us the wisdom. Lord, you will give us the strength. You will give us the understanding. You will help us solve these problems. And above all, you will help us to understand your heart, your will, And Lord, be a witness wherever we are. Lord, whatever we do, we pray that your name will be glorified through all those actions O Master. Lord, help us to be prepared, help us to execute, and help us Mm. forget the ultimate end. Help us to focus on eternity, O Master. Thank you, Father. Take control of this upcoming week. We humbly ask and pray everything in the mighty name of Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.